Woo! Coming off of a crazy schedule, I must say. Uh, some of which I'll actually talk about here uh, for a minute, but I am not alone to do this because someone who joins me on this crazy schedule, actually somebody who, holy shit, talk about somebody that has a crazy-ass schedule. That is none other than Ellen Stallone. Woo! Yeah. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, of you're course. You're never alone, Brian. No, I'm never alone. You're always here. Like, anytime the, the mic is hot, you're pretty much in the background. A lot of the listeners get to hear you uh, chime in here and again uh, from, you know, whenever I'm talking about our adventures of any kind. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great to be here, finally. It's been so long. I know, I know, I know. And, and we're going to have you on, again, it's just because we both have crazy schedules. We're, mm-hmm. I'm going to have you on like a full-on sovereign tech again in the near future. But you're right. you're a busy college gal. I mean, let's just call it, right? Oh yeah, totally busy. <laughs> <laughs> totally busy. Like that's that that's putting it very mildly. Yeah, I think I mentioned to one of my friends that I was like working pretty much from 8 a.m. until 10 p.m. She thought I was literally going to work. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, no, I'm just I'm working yeah. like on schoolwork. Yeah, the whole time. So, yeah. but you're, I mean, you know, you're in a very tough field and so, you know, makes, uh, makes demands of the student in it. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the most difficult from what I understand. Sure. Sure. So, well, anyway, you know, when you got to work hard, you like to play hard and. For sure. Well, I, <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to mention what it was. I mean, you, you don't have to, but. Oh, well, I'm studying chemical engineering. Yeah. So, um. It's not. It's not your average engineering. No, it's a no, no. Bit above. Yeah, this isn't. Uh, this isn't standard engineering. This oh, it's is... not like mechanical or civil. It's. It's right. a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a whole other level. Yeah, but that's the nuance that I don't think most people would understand unless they've actually been into the school. It's like such a. I don't know. I feel like it's such a niche thing, especially when you talk about bioengineering, because mm-hmm. that's another part of my major, and that's also such a new science. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, one that's certainly hot. I mean, yeah, everybody's oh, sure. talking it. It's definitely a, a field to be looking at, no doubt about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll tell you. You know, I'm not a not a not a stupid man. I'm not going to claim to be the, the the brightest ever. <laughs> Sweetheart, but... you are a genius <laughs> for all intents and purposes. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But uh, you know, I look at your books sometimes, or at the work that you're doing, and you, you'll show it to me. Like, and, and you'll have this full whiteboard <laughs> out and everything. And I mean, it, it's it's awesome. I, I, dare I say it's sexy to see it going on. And I'm like, wow, you know. I mean, just that 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 brilliance and, and beauty all coming together in math. I mean, it's it's really something. But uh, but I'll look at it like I don't have a fucking idea what that is. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> and and I fancy myself kind of a jack of all trades, and I'm just I'm lost when I look at it. So uh, yeah, I feel so terrible sometimes. I'll come home after being and at the university all day. And the only thing I'll be able to talk about is what I've been studying or working on. Yeah. And I'm just telling you, and I know you can't say anything in response. <laughs> it's like, right, you have fluid mechanics, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, because of all that work that we do, of course, we do play hard. And, uh, well, we went and saw recently, uh, in fact, one of really, I don't know, this is becoming my, now, it's not the best concert we've seen. We, we talked about what that was. Um we did? Yeah. Wait, did we come to a conclusion on that one? I, I think we talked about it last time you were on a Wednesday Q&A. Of course, this isn't coming out on Wednesday due to the schedule, but um, we talked about, I think when we were talking, was it Little River Band that we went and saw? Yeah. At Hampton yeah. Beach? This mm-hmm. is back in May, right? 
But I think when we were talking about that, we did talk about. And fuck, that might have been the last time you were on. Was around. Was around. Oh my gosh. Or no, that wasn't. We saw them in June or July. But anyway, that was when. Regardless. Okay. But I think we mentioned then what like our favorite concert was that we've seen so far this year. Yeah. Um, that we've uh, we've been able to take part in, and that that was Dream Theater, right? I think oh, that, definitely for yeah. me. I don't know about for you, but that was. Mind-blowing. No, I, I agree. I agree. Dream Theater really was. Um, but I think, I, I don't know, I kind of want to say our favorite venue that we've been to so far. I think the Palladium's awesome. We've uh, been to that one the most. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and more planned uh, well into next year. But, I mean, you know, definitely there's some there's some interesting shows coming up that I'd love to attend. Um, but, we'll, you know, we'll see how that works out. But uh, regardless, so we were at the Palladium, and we caught... None other than, I think some people would probably be shocked that I would go and see these guys. But (laughs) anyway, we went and saw Sabaton, who is a really a white hot band right now. I mean, they are just white, white hot for a lot of reasons. Um, I, you know, I've known about them for ever since Art of War came out, which was about a decade ago, maybe. Uh, And they were very at the time. I mean, you dare say you could call them like underground. You know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like Dragon Force was at the same time. Now everybody kind of knows who Dragon Force is, too. But, um, wow, that was a packed house and, and a sold rowdy out. one. Yeah, yeah, totally sold out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hammerfall was opening for them. They were the only two acts, as far as I know. I don't think there was any, like, third opening act of any kind. Uh, but Hammerfall was, that was a solid presentation. I mean, I've never been a big fan of them. I always saw them as, like, Man of War light. Um, but they were good. I, I, I was I was surprised. What did you think of Hammerfall before we talk about Sabaton? I thought they were pretty good performers. I mean, the vocals, the music, mm-hmm. it was it was amazing. And I mean, to me, not really reminiscent of Man of War, but um, I don't know. I still really enjoyed it. I thought they were fucking great. Very entertaining. Lead singer, very entertaining guy, and interacts with the crowd very well, which oh, yeah, doesn't always stories. yeah, it doesn't always work. Like we, we saw, so last time we were at the Palladium, I guess this would have been back in September, we saw Camelot. We saw oh Camelot and yes. Battle Beast. And we then went the, for Battle Beast and Camelot. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was all about seeing Battle Beast, especially. I mean, I, I'm a huge Camelot fan, been talking about them for years on, on Sovereign Tech. Um, but uh, there was a middle, middle act at that concert. Which was... Um, Which I was totally unaware of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was somewhat familiar with, but Sonata Arctica was the middle act on this tour. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, 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 here's the thing, right? <laughs> the lead singer, Tony Kako. Okay. I didn't realize this is the same guy who sings on Power Glove, who I'm acquainted with those guys. Great band. Um, he sings on their Saturday Morning Apocalypse album. He sings the Pokemon theme song, and he does a kick-ass job on that. But I've never been a fan of Sonata Arctica, and so like I never really put those two together. But boy, seeing them live, like talk about a guy who I think just completely missed the mark with the audience. Yeah, uh, somehow there were tons of fans there. People were wearing Sonata Arctica shirts and bandanas. headbands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't get it. Like, what's the appeal there? I, I wish somebody would, like, comment or send an email and say, if you are a fan of Sonata Arctica, like, why? Yeah, let <laughs> us know. Seriously, I want to hear from Sonata Arctica fans, because I was so... Un- we even, we were on the way home, we were listening, uh, you know, to, 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 like, their big songs. And we were just like, what? 
like we like okay like maybe one of them we heard we're like okay well that was okay but yeah but listening to the live performance was actually totally unenjoyable yeah i didn't get anything out of it yeah and and the guy the lead singer you were like you were saying he tried talking to the crowd but Mm -hmm. i think he just he offended some people there for sure Oh yeah, I, he fumbled it. Like he he fucked it up, and 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 what he was saying, and it's not because he's ESL, right? It's not because it's like English second language or something. Because a lot of these bands that we've caught are English second language, and they don't have an issue interacting. Like mm-hmm. it, it was really a, and it's not Arctica as a band that's been around for a while. It's really what just I I think he's a shitty showman, and he looked like I don't know, he looked like a cheap version of Chad Kroger. It was I mean it was really you know, <laughs> that's a great description. Like, yeah. His his haircut was horrible. I, I hate to be that. I mean, look, when it's a <laughs> we, band on stage, visual presentation is a part of the program here, so I can comment on that. But go, what were we gonna say? I'm, sorry. Uh, I'm just. On the ride home, we could not stop shitting on this guy <laughs> and his performance. It was so bad. I mean, the Battle Beasts and Camelot were awesome. Yeah, they were amazing. So Battle Beasts performed. They did the opening act. Yeah. And they kicked ass. Literally. Like, like I think they kicked, like, I think, uh, uh, what's her, Lauren or Noon or whatever her name is, the lead singer, she, like, kicked somebody right in the ass. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, while they were singing Bastard Son of Odin. Yeah. <laughs> she might have even gotten somebody in the face. And I yeah. was like, yeah, well... Welcome to the metal show, folks. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's such high energy. It's amazing. Yeah, it was so much fun. But then he, but then Sonata Arctica comes on stage, and Tony's on stage talking to people, saying like, "Yeah, I know we should have been the opening act. We've been performing here." Oh no, they said they should have been the headliners. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what they said. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Like to think that they haven't anywhere near the chops of Camelot. But anyway, continue. Oh, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why even insinuate that? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and most of his spiel, like especially towards the end, he was trying to get the crowd really riled up, and he was like talking about how they love their beer cold. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime the word cold gets said, we can't help but hear Tony Cackle's voice. It's like, we like our beer cold. We like our weather like our beer cold. And it's like, it's like bad Arnold Mr. Freeze or something, you know, from Batman and Robin on the stage. But, uh, oh, it's so bad. Fortunately, and I and let me know if you agree with this, uh, I mean, Camelot is just, talk about on another level, on another level. On such another level as a band, as a performing act, and just the music that they have, the catalog they have is so incredible that, I mean, you could have, you know, you could have five, uh, literally five poop emojis on the stage, you know, <laughs> trying to play instruments, and, and you know, and, and you're just like, your ears are bleeding from it all, but then Camelot comes on, and it's like this healing light, and you just get taken up, and, uh, you know, I mean, because they're just so good. It doesn't matter what was before them. They were so good. They even got a mosh pit going. I couldn't believe that. It's not that kind of metal, but it, somehow they achieved it. Yeah, no, I mean, but they're just, it's that, it's still that heavy, even though it's so melodic at yeah. the same time. It's, it's really amazing. Um, and, and Lauren Hart was doing the uh, the female vocal duties and the screamo duties. Uh, I thought she, she was great. Um, yeah, just a yeah tremendous little concert there. Uh, not little. I mean, that was that was. I mean, they they they've folks. You can literally go to YouTube and you can actually see Ellen and I in the crowd. Oh my god! <laughs> at the Palladium. Be, I mean, just just like for if you get we're there. You gotta you know you gotta do a little Illuminati red circle on it. Okay, <laughs> but we're there. Uh, but that's how hot the Palladium is. It's such a great crowd, you know, these Northeastern metalheads. 
Um, they used the footage from that yeah. specific show that we went to. Yeah, to, to like show off the rest of the tour because, uh, and I mean, and you could feel it. Like sometimes you go to a, a show and you can really feel like, wow, this crowd is really hot tonight. And that was the case there. Sabaton, I think, was the same situation because, they, I mean, they were going nuts over the crowd. Oh they loved God. it. Oh, my God. The crowd was trying to jump on stage over and over again. People yeah. were, like, getting thrown off stage. Yeah, it was yeah. so fun. Yeah. I mean, so Sabaton, like, Hammerfall was good. Like I said, they were entertaining. They played with the crowd. Um, they're oh, coming. Yeah. They're coming back next year. In fact, they're bringing Beast in Black with them. That's going to be a fucking what? great tour. I know. We're going. We've got to go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a year <laughs> away, literally, but we're going. Uh Anyway, so Sabaton, unfortunately, you know, Hammerfall gets off. I mean, they, they did a great job, but they, but then Sabaton is about to come on, and you know, here's the thing, and this is why I think a lot of people would be shocked that I listen to these people. And folks, we got great questions to get into. We're going to get into them. Don't you worry. And we're going to we're gonna, we're going to get Ellen's take on a lot of the stuff, which I think is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Um, but Sabaton's going to. So Sabaton is like they sing about war, and in fact, they sing about a lot. They sing about a lot of like. Uh, what's the word I want to use? Not ancient war. I mean, it's not f- like Man of War and a lot of uh, power metal bands will sing about more fantasy battles and dragons and, you know, armies of darkness and light and all this shit, right? Uh, Sabaton will sing about World War One, World War Two. Uh, they'll sing about, you know, like the Hundred Year War, like a lot of, you know, quote unquote classic European battles. Um, they'll sing about all of it. You know, they haven't gotten so far, and I kind of hope they never do. They've never... Because I think it's very tough. I mean, okay, I'll just say this quickly. There, there's, there's no such thing as a just war, and there's no real glory in war, like any war. It's all, it's all, all horseshit. I get it why people feel that sense, but that's a bigger conversation to get into. But I think it's very hard to, in any way, like try and bring up any kind of glory, uh, particularly in more modern wars, like you know, various stuff in Iraq and Afghanistan and so on. Like I, I think you'd be hard pressed. To write a song that people would somehow uh, go go crazy over with that, as to where you know you sing about World War Two and World War One and things like this, and people have their opinions about that. Um, I reviewed their album, which came out this year, called "The Great War," which is all about World War One. I, I reviewed that, um, but you know, one could argue that they sing about uh, the tragedy of it, and like the, you know they're bringing up the tragedy on these things. I don't know if it's necessarily that. I do want to say outright that I feel like. And Ellen, you, you know, you can chime in on this. I feel like, first off, I mean, it's just great metal. Okay. Like, I mean, the, 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 like the riffs, everything, it's just, it's awesome. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you could kind of tell this from the crowd. And I've never been to a Sabaton show, so I don't know. But my opinion of the crowd was, is that it was a bunch of gamers there. Like, like modern Xbox One, PS4 gamers, you know, who are playing, you know, Battlefield, Call of Duty, whatever. And that's really what I think Sabaton's appeal is, is I think they are the soundtrack to all of these games that people play, you know? And because, like, a lot of times, like, the Battlefield games will be during World War One or whatever, and, and, and I think that's where a lot of their appeal comes from. I can appreciate the overall historicity and just the great metal that they bring on, and there's some finer points similar to why, you know, I, I enjoy Man of War that I could bring up, but no need to go there. Um, but I mean, what, what do you think about their audience? Do you think, do you think that's, that's the appeal with Sabaton? Maybe. I mean, I was trying to, uh, you know, look around at the crowd. Like we both were trying to figure out who this crowd was when we showed up. Yeah. 
Yeah, I couldn't really tell. I don't know what a gamer crowd looks like, you know? Mm -hmm. It it did seem like a bunch of dorks, but that could mean so many different things. Like, they could be historian dorks, or they could be gamer dorks, or, I don't know, maybe they're programmers or something. I mean, it's pretty safe to say there there wasn't a warrior in the bunch. I mean, no, (laughs) and we don't say dorks to be disparaging or anything. Oh no, I love dorks. We're dorks. Yeah. Uh, So, (laughs) but but also, um, yeah, like it's not like there was a bunch of. uh, There's certainly. People that showed up to that show did not look like they could go start a battle or be in a battle or win a battle or anything like that no i don't think they could have even and i again i don't say this as an insult but seriously they couldn't even lift up an m16a2 i mean like there was just no way that they you know like i don't know if they could physically hold it up uh, <laughs> so i'm just saying that you know to suggest that this is like music that i don't, I don't know I, I can't imagine i'd be curious and I do have some people that are acquaintances that are still in the military. Like, I wonder if those kind of guys, like, actually listen to this stuff. I sort of have a hard time believing that. But anyway, that's getting into a whole other conversation. Um, the opening for the show annoyed the fuck out of me. That was the only uh. part that I didn't like. The opening of Sabaton, which was, they did this, they played this video for a World War One memorial. Because basically the video was saying... World War One is the only major American battle where there is no memorial in Washington, D.C. Um, of course, the reason that that is, is that most memorials for any of these battles or any of these wars generally got made very shortly after the war was done. But most people don't realize is that World War One in America was never looked at kindly. Uh, there was a massive anti-war movement um, in during, you know, during world before World War One and after. Um that that was very much against you know american involvement in that and i think that's why there's never been one i don't care if there ever is one then the whole crowd in some weird show of machismo that nobody there actually has is all chanting usa 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 that was that was annoying especially since sabaton's not even from america like <laughs> in fact if it was if we were in the legal realm of world war one they wouldn't even be allowed to be in the country to play and of course none of these people really had any grasp uh of that and that's also speaks to somewhat of the superficialness of sabaton's music is that it doesn't really get to the political uh background of a lot of what they're singing about well no but how could you make that into a metal song not something that's going to get you like <laughs> pumping your fist that's yeah, for damn exactly. sure yeah yeah no, their music is all about like the great numbers of people that went to die for something they believed in and sure they weren't going to give up right 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 yeah yeah 40 to 1 i mean i could think of a lot of songs like that um but I mean, so how did you feel about like that 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 memorial opening horseshit yeah, I don't know. That made me feel a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. just because I think the story, the history of World War One, has been really twisted, like you were just saying. Yeah. Um, you know, like there were a lot of people who didn't want to intervene in the war at all. Right. And because of that, then I, there's just a whole history that follows. And I, I don't know, the the modern view of war is so much different now. Um, even the way we fight battles is completely different. Like, all of the technology is different. Oh, yeah. Um, but people are so pro-war now. It's like there's there's been this huge influx of propaganda and, like, 
this music only exists because people have so bought into the idea that there is this glory in war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, which isn't to say, I mean, the talent is there because, like, it's very exciting music. It's, oh, yeah. It's actually very uh, energetic music to listen to when you're working out. Um, Definitely. I mean, it's great to listen to just to get pumped up about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. But, uh, you know, if one spent... Well, if one spent any amount of time for any reason, like considering why varying wars occur, you're going to find out that, wow, wars never have anything to do with anything wonderful, you know, and there's never any really good reason. Uh, I would even argue that with World War Two. In fact, one of the best songs of the night was Bismarck. Um, obviously, or I, I would hope that most of the people that listen to that song are not celebrating, you know, Nazi Germany. Um, yeah, right. So, <laughs> you know, but I mean, but that's the thing with, with metal. Like, so much metal is about, I mean, half, like, half of Metallica's catalog is the most depressing, horrible shit that you could possibly listen to. If people are actually into that in their life, you know, um, I, mean, I mean, there wouldn't be any civilization at all course maybe that'd be a good thing but that's besides the point i mean there just wouldn't be because everybody would just be ah, kill myself and you know uh, oh my you know whatever God. i mean it would just it'd be so nuts so you know people do compartmentalize like the what they're what they're into as far as music wise um you know i can enjoy the song sin city and i don't i'm never going to gamble and i spend as little time as ever as i could in vegas so you know again but um yeah but it, i mean the music and the presentation, they brought their tank with them, the whole thing. I mean, you know, I've seen that in concerts before, like with Kiss. Uh, was absolutely epic, incredible presentation. I mean, very exciting, very energetic. Yeah, the the tank on stage was a great touch. It was. And they had some beautiful, beautiful visuals uh, in the background, too. Like when Bismarck was playing, mm-hmm. they had the like this rolling ocean in the background. You, right. Like you really felt like you were on the ship, on the terror of the seas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. Um, and again, the lead singer, I mean, it was just, you know, everybody. I mean, that was Sabaton's crowd and, and they were mm-hmm. just eating it up. And, and it, it's really great to like, like feel that kind of that excitement and energy uh, at, a, at a metal show. I mean, and, and, and I feel like metal is one of the rare pieces of music where that can really happen. And it can happen just for the music itself. It doesn't require any other elements, even though there's plenty of other elements uh, there, like alcohol and whatever else. And so, you know, hey. <laughs> but regardless, uh, that wasn't our speed. Um, but but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, just a, an awesome show. Would you recommend people, uh, you know, checking out Sabaton, going and catching a show? Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, bring some earplugs if you can't stand <laughs> the loud music. But... Yeah, yeah. It was it was really great. I loved it. I had so much fun. What do you song of the night? What do you think? <laughs> My favorite Sabaton song has always been Resist and Bite. Yeah. And yeah. I was so glad that they played that. Yeah. Yeah. They did do um Oh wow, why is the name escaping me? They opened up with a song that I was really hopeful for. Uh not forty to one. It's the song before that. Uh Ghost Division. That's Ghost Division. Ghost Division from Art of War. Uh, I love that album. That's that's easily my favorite. Like nine times out of ten, if I'm listening to Sabaton, I'm listening to Art of War, um, which is a concept album around that whole... Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different... That's an album where there are actually sad songs like Gallipoli that are genuinely sad songs. There's no glory. There's no... It's all tragedy. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Ghost Division I thought was a great opener for them to, to, to come in with just, just hitting hard. 
So, yeah, it was good times. Good uh, times, yeah. Yeah, definitely a lot of great metal to catch. And even in the Northeast, which that's kind of a newer thing, you know, for a lot of these guys, a lot of these kinds of bands to show up at, I think. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're, we're 23 minutes in already. Wow. Yeah. We've been talking about metal a lot. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, we won't talk about what happened uh, What happened after the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we won't. <laughs> I mean, Hmm. Uh, you know something we were doing though last night this is <laughs> wait let's not talk about that night but last night yeah last night let's, let's <laughs> i don't think there are kids listening but <laughs> uh, but last night you know we broke out we broke out the gamecube so i've been oh uh, that yeah, oh that yeah yeah, yeah let's okay. keep it a little tame uh <laughs> i see that ellen's face true. going a little red here uh, no. <laughs> Oh boy! I mean, that was that's true. Where are you gonna take that? I, one? I know. Well, I mean, it was, it's another kind of metal show, but there's. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, sorry. Okay. So, um, the, we broke out the GameCube. Yeah, we broke out the GameCube. Uh, so I've been messing with. Um, now I, I've known this sort of thing existed. Uh, I've been a really big fan of where a lot of. Um, I could get into a big story about this. I'll probably save a lot of it for the gaming grid, talking about like the uh, previous generations of consoles, like the sixth generation of consoles. It was so exciting. Um, and it really was. PlayStation 2, Xbox, and the GameCube, uh, you know, comprised that generation. Um, one thing that's very possible with that generation is soft modding, where you can just, instead of having to do a hardware mod where you solder on a chip or something onto the board of the, of the console, you can just basically put in like a memory card or an SD card or something like that. For the GameCube, you have what's called Swiss. And this is so awesome because it's so easy to just download, you know, get, get your hands on images of whatever GameCube game and play it right off of an SD card. And it works beautifully. I mean, GameCube emulation has been around for a while with Dolphin, but that doesn't work the best for every game. Every game just plays like a dream with with swiss and having an actual gamecube um and so we were playing we're like all right let you know let's let's rock this out i you know i finally got it up and running and working and everything and we figured we'd give it a shot which um which is amazing because we were talking about the gamecube months ago and you decided you're going to get one because yeah we both enjoy it so much, but yep. it's taken you this long to get all of the parts. Yeah, to so, get it working. Yeah, so you got to get the right GameCube. Well, you don't have to get the right GameCube for this to work, but to to have it set up with a more modern television, there's a lot of elements that come into play, and so I'll probably talk about that in a in a future gaming grid. So, but we finally got everything going. Like, there's a specific memory card that you get that allows you to put an SD card in and everything. It's really awesome. So, anyway, uh, we were playing Mario Kart Double Dash. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, it has been a long time since I've had my ass handed to me <laughs> <laughs> so readily in a game. And you liked it. Oh, I know. Oh, I, I bent over and grabbed the ankles. I mean, it was... <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, you, you tore me up. Talk about a crushing defeat. Yeah, it, it was crushing. I, I mean, I didn't. As soon as we got out of the 50cc class, and look, I am no stranger to Mario Kart games, but you wiped the floor with me on this, and you didn't just wipe the floor with me. I mean, you unlocked everything. We're like, you know, the game's I, already beaten. Yeah, I mean, I'm losing this whole time. I mean, like literally eighth place, folks. That's last place. 
Ellen's getting first place pretty much across the board. Okay, you know, she's beating everybody. And, but I'm like, no, no, you know, and, and I'm losing. And it's like, well, do we want to play a different game? No, 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 let's keep going because, like, you're getting first place and you're just, like, wiping everybody and, and it's unlocking everything in the game. So I'm happy as shit, to, you know, to, to be losing here, quite frankly, because I'm still winning yeah. in my own way. Uh, <laughs> but, but, man, you are awesome like Thank like you. where did that come from <laughs> man so when i was younger i owned a gamecube uh-huh. and uh me and my younger sister would play mario kart double dash sure pretty much every day right um like every day yeah no i i have racked up quite a few hundred hours playing this game but it was all before 2012 yeah, yeah. which is so bizarre because like last night when you turned it on and we saw the GameCube startups. Oh, you froze. Yeah, it was so shocking. It was like, you know, bringing back that memory, like that whole previous life experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just suddenly came back to me. And it, I don't know if you've ever had that sort of feeling where like you see something that you haven't seen for many years, but it's so familiar. I mean, that boot screen is something, you know, like, I mean, yeah. it is it is a well done boot screen. I mean, we, people... You know, who cares about boot screens? Yeah, but it can, like, just like everybody remembers when you power on a Genesis or something where it goes, Sega! I mean, Sega programs that into their games now because they know you're going to recognize it and it's going to instantly take you back. I mean, it's practically a marketing tactic. Um, yeah, I think there's some, the same thing happened to me because when I was testing it and I put on, uh, I put in uh, Rogue Squadron 2, which is like, one of my top games ever and the half the reason i was also willing to get my hands on a gamecube again was to play that um it, a very similar thing happened to me because the gamecube is what i i mean i spent so many hours in my life just before i went into the military playing gamecube uh and and so it kind of took me back to there as well um but what was also amazing was instantly like the controls for for particularly for like Rogue Squadron Two just came back to me like like I didn't even have to think about it. It was yeah. so instinctual. And you were doing you know double dash and yeah no I felt the same thing like this controller was just an extension of my hand. Yeah yeah which I mean I've talked about how I think the GameCube controller is one of the greatest controllers if not the greatest ever made. I mean it's so well done uh, and and you definitely you definitely feel it. Uh, but it, yeah that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was. Get, I haven't had that much fun getting my ass kicked in a game. I mean, in a, in a long time. But that was that was brilliant. It was so great. I even like asked you to not push any buttons at the end so we could see my car. Yeah, like, just the, so you could revel in the, the glory. golden trophy car, like, <laughs> going through the festival and getting the trophy at the end. It's fucking hard. Like <laughs> that. That's got to be one of the hardest implementations of Rainbow Road in Double Dash that I've ever ever messed with. Uh, I mean, I kept flying off. It's a tricky one. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta learn the controls, bro. <sighs> I was amazed. Battle mode was really cool in that too. That was with oh, the balloons and everything. So that was a lot of fun. That, yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, the bomb blast. Yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was great. So, all right. Well, anyway, any any other thoughts on on GameCube? Definitely recommend it. I assume. Yeah. Oh, I I definitely do recommend it. I mean, I think it's. It's fun to play. The graphics, I think, are great for what it is. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, you It's got told... some really fun games. Right. I mean, you totally understand what's going on on the screen. You know, because I get it. Like, with the PlayStation 1 and the N64, the 3D doesn't hold up because it was the first time, or one of the first times that anybody was really doing 3D, and some of the stuff can look really, really confusing. 
And it's like they were doing 3D with 2D mechanics, and so or game mechanics, and so like they didn't really know how to make 3D games work really well. When you get to particularly the GameCube, I mean Nintendo licked it with Super Mario 64 anyway, but when you get to the GameCube, like Nintendo's really got it figured out, and I don't think you can improve much on those models, you know. And so, yeah, uh, uh, Mario Kart Double Dash plays as good and as fun and looks as great as just about any other Mario Kart, in my opinion. And it's got some great music, too. The soundtrack oh, is so, so fun. It's so cute. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love it. I, I was looking, I was like, wait a minute, why don't I have the soundtrack for Mario Kart Double Dash? Like, it, it's just, anyway. So, yeah, the GameCube is one of those systems that I think, unfortunately, a lot of people did skip because the PS2 is so dominant. And they are missing out a lot of games for that. Or No, actually, I don't think there have been many games for that that have been re-released. Like, there's Wind Waker HD and some others. But there's so much to enjoy in that. Um, yeah, you got to revisit the GameCube. And it's not an expensive proposition. It might take you a little bit to get all the parts together and get an HDMI adapter and all these things. But uh, but it's definitely something that, that you can make you can make happen. So anyway, we've been uh, going down the, the life of Brian and Ellen here for about 30 minutes. <laughs> this, uh, Our life is so exciting, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Video games and metal concerts? Yeah, right. Who could ask for more? <laughs> if, if only they knew how small a part, unfortunately. But yeah, and, uh, among other things. Uh, but, <clears throat> um, you know, because we do fill in the hours with, with some things, but... Maybe we'll talk about that a little later. Yeah, we uh, don't have to talk about that now. Yeah. <laughs> let's, well, let's get to know you a little more. Yeah, right. <laughs> Take you out to dinner, have yeah. a nice conversation, and then maybe we'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I'm terrible. All right. So, well, anyway, um, we do have a couple questions to get into. And uh, what do you got? Oh, no, I'm ready. All right. Uh, so... While we're talking about entertainment, that's been kind of a long-running theme. Of course, Ellen, I mean, you listen to these episodes, you know, even when you're not on them or even when you are. Uh, and the kind of the death of the entertainment industry has been something I've been kind of rally, or, well, railing on. I don't know what the word I want to use is. You I've have been, been focusing on it a lot over the last few months. Yeah. Well, I've been getting questions on it. I mean, and, and so it's not even what I want to talk about so much, even though I don't mind. I mean, I, I don't, I wish I didn't have to talk about it because I wish it was the exact opposite. Um, but, you know, I get questions about it and I got a great comment in, and folks, you know, you can see this comment right in, uh, right in the sound. It's actually from the last Q and A, um, that I did where we were talking about, I think the last Q and A, I got two questions in, uh, from Patreon actually, which had to do with the modern comic book industry. And then also like what, what sci-fi books I was reading at the time. Um, and then we were talking about it. Rob and I were talking about it a bit on TFR, uh, also kind of the like entertainment overload, or at least even just the overload in star Wars. I mean, poor Ellen here has to hear me say like, you know, we'll, we'll ask each other, what are we listening to time and again? And I'll often say, Oh shit. A new star Wars book has come out. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It happens. So often it happens. Yeah. yeah, like I'm about ready to go listen to some other book and I'm really excited. Maybe it's even a book Ellen's told me about. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to this. And then, you know, I'll wake up because I pre-order all these like months in advance. And 
and I'll wake up and, and I'll get the notification that says, oh, you know, Star Wars Millennium Falcon drops a piece of shit on Endor. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, I got to read that. <laughs> and so, and so uh, it's and, and of course, Ellen will hear before she goes off to, to class, you know, like we'll be talking to each other and then and I'll come up and be like, you know, what are you going to do today? Well, I got to listen to this. God damn it. Uh, so anyway, uh, so that, that was part of this conversation as well, but got a great comment from a great listener and I'll read it here and then we can just kind of dive into this. Uh, and so it's Brian regarding the constant bombardment of new content. Would you say it's entertainment fatigue? I've noticed when I binge uh, in a book or an audiobook series or video series or even a podcast, I end up just not being able to care about it or tolerate its negative aspects until I've had a solid break. Kind of makes me wonder if it is related to our, bi- uh, our biology, similar to how uh, cats will experience ill effects if it can only chase but never catch its prey. The ending, even if temporary, uh, of the story is our prey, and we must catch it. Now, Ellen, I know you're a bit of an expert on cats. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I am. That's yeah. my other secret talent. Yeah. I'm a cat whisperer. <laughs> so, well, I own a cat, and yeah. I know what he does when he can't catch his prey. Which mm-hmm. So that we have this great laser toy that... It's basically like this hub that has some rotating lasers on the top. Lasers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So he will catch the, or he will try to catch the lasers. Right. But <laughs> you can only, uh, he can only stay interested so, for so long, and then he has to go chase something that actually responds to him. <laughs> yeah. Like another cat, or a person, or a plastic bag. You know, something that he can actually touch. Yeah. They, they do lose interest if they can't catch it. That's true. And I think people are the same way. Sure. So, yeah, I, I kind of wonder if, um, yeah, I mean, reading this comment, it does make me wonder if, like, they keep just pummeling you with, like, new movie after new movie or new book after new book, and they just pummel you with it so you can't stop and breathe and, like, really think about it, you know, and, like, go, actually, you know what, this sucks. And so people just, like, keep riding these waves of, like, Marvel movies and things like this. Uh, In fact, something I said to you, Ellen, uh, the other day was I just finished a course on Nietzsche. And when I was done with it, I instantly started another book. I'm like, okay, let's get through to the next book. And then I, I, and I told you about this experience that I had. And I said, no, no. And I stopped. I was like, no, no. I just took in something brilliant, you know, with that Nietzsche course. I need to chew on this. Like, yeah. I, 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 I do not want to go on to the next thing. You have to have that space. Yeah. Like some quiet time to think about it and really reflect on what you just heard. Right, right. And so, but most people, I don't think, most people will do, even I, will do what I was doing, where I was like, okay, on to the next, you know, and you don't even take a second to breathe. Um, but doesn't that feel unsettling? Like when you listen to something or watch something and you don't fully comprehend it? Sure, it's very unsettling. Um, and, and I think it is creating that it might be creating what, what this listener was talking about, like where the cat, you know, feels like the ill effect of, you know, never actually catches the prey. Like it just goes on to the next thing and it never has a moment to like sit with something, even when it could actually catch it. Um, I I mean, how, how do you feel about these thoughts? And, and also I wonder like, how do you feel about the entertainment industry? 
Wow, which one should I answer first? Uh, well, I guess I'll start with uh, just the listener comment um, about how people end up with uh, fatigue from listening to or consuming a certain amount of media. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally true. That happens to me, at least. I don't know about, you know, everyone. Sure. I think a large portion of the population can just keep watching Netflix or YouTube videos. It's remarkable. Yeah. yeah. They have this amazing skill where they just never have to reflect. Yeah, yeah. You know, they can just keep going. Um, but I think for people who really want to, like, get something out of the content that they consume, um, they have to take time after they consume it to really chew on it and understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens to me a lot, too. Like, when I finish an audiobook, oftentimes I'll just... Uh, sit in silence. I, I love silence. It gives me time to think about what I've just heard. Absolutely. Or even what I've seen yeah. or read. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it's possible to get that fatigue and that's pretty normal. <laughs> um, if you're just constantly bombarded with some, some sort of media, like how are you, uh, it, it takes a certain amount of mental energy to like continuously process all of that. Sure. And it's not possible to do if you never give yourself a break. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think that's going on quite a bit. Um, oh, I have, so, I have so many thoughts on that. I, but, well, I mean, how do you feel about... I mean, we go and see new movies, you know? we Occasionally. Occasionally. Um, I mean, how do you feel about the entertainment industry, you know, really, like, overall right now? I mean, you've heard my take on it, and I, I'm complaining to you, you know, often enough about, oh, fuck, like, this is so shitty, or why are they doing this, and everything. I mean, do do, you, do I just sound like a raving loon? Do I do I just sound like a madman? Uh, well, <laughs> so I'm in the very special uh, case, or very special position where, like, I don't see bad movies because I just see movies with you. And they're all good movies. <laughs> and I, I won't waste our time. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we're watching the classics. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, any movies that that I want to watch, you just, you have already. Like, we don't have to consume any media that we don't want to. Right. Right. Um, which is great. I mean, like, we're not desperate for it. We're not like looking for new things on Netflix or going to the movie theater. Like what's playing this weekend? Yeah, like, no, I mean, frankly, when we, last time we went to the theater, what we go see alien yeah, from 40 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> and then before that, it was, um, the new Rambo movie. Yeah. And then before that, it was, uh, the fast and furious movie Hobbs and Shaw. Right. Which are based on now decades long, uh, franchises, frankly, so yeah. it's not necessarily new, right? Well, I mean, it's new. It's made in the modern fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know that I really have like a, a pure, good, like all encapsulating view of the entertainment industry because I've only seen through the special good filter that is like quality content that you've chosen for us to watch. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring something up on this. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, fine. I just, like, I can tell the way that these movies have been made that it feels different than the classic movies. Right. Um, like the pacing is much faster, and there are a lot of things happening that are unbelievable, and people are behaving in ways that I don't think normal people really do behave in. Mm-hmm. Um. 
so I don't I can like get the sense that they're trying to paint a picture that doesn't really exist. Right. Uh, even with movies that are supposed to be somewhat realistic, but um, that's just my my take on it. All right. So out of ten, if I were to ask you to rank a TV series here, okay, out of ten, what would you rank Star Trek Discovery? Ten being like, wow, that was fucking awesome. One being, what the hell happened? Two. Yeah. Woo! Two. <laughs> See? Okay. All right. I didn't give it much thought. I mean, maybe, no, maybe no. it could be like a four. No, that but... you, you hit it. You, I, I, you got it. All right? A two. <laughs> Look, I, if you're going to be Star Trek, you've got to be special. <laughs> I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But that speaks to it, right? How could Star Trek possibly be bad right but it is from such great heights right it's it's horrible you know and 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 i was willing to give it a chance you gave it a chance you know you went through it you slodged through this through me i mean i had to watch i was watching it all over again and and like it's just it's not good and you you saw the trailer for season three i mean what 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 did you walk away from that feeling i don't know i Uh, really don't know yeah right you don't know how is that possible (laughs) You know, you should be walking away from a Star Trek show like, fuck yes, here we go. And instead you're just like, well, I don't, I don't, what was that? You know? <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> but the, I mean, that if Star Trek's bad, everything's bad. Like, like because there's just, there's no safe haven to go to. And now we have been watching, and of course you haven't seen the magnum opus, the, the, the climax of this, but we've been watching... We, we just did a rewatch of the, the original series, which I think you would agree with me. It has a share of stinkers of episodes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, some of them are just straight up bad. A lot of them have good messages, but there's still like sexist elements or some, something that's just not PC. Right. But, or, I mean, just bad no matter what area you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Or like they're great ideas, but they weren't presented in the most uh, efficient way. Yeah. 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 So, but now we've been watching, so we finished that, and I was like, look, you gotta watch Star Trek Continues. Like, you don't understand. Star Trek Continues is this web series that's, like, supposed to be kind of a season four or five of um, of the original series of Star Trek, done by new actors, but it looks picture perfect. I've reviewed it many times on the show. Now, I mean, how, how have you been feeling about this series? You know, like, compare it to Discovery. Well, <laughs> um, I think... I think the storylines and the messages are outstanding. Right. I really love it. Yeah. I mean, the acting's a little rough at times. Yeah. But I can forgive that. Yeah. Because everything else about it is so good. Yeah. Music effects, everything's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The music is really good. Sure. Now that you mention it. Right. Whereas Uh, Discovery, it has such, like, non-effective music. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? Is that the messages and stories... Are phenomenal in Star Trek Continues. So it's not like people just can't write anymore. Clearly there are people capable of writing, not only writing great drama and and moral stories, but great Star Trek. You know, and, and like you said, that's a high bar. You you know, to, to be when you're when you're doing Star Trek, you've got to come, you gotta to get to another level. Yeah. And and sure. I think Star Trek Continues, I mean, there's a couple episodes that are eh, but I mean, we watched ones where we were in tears just about at the end of them. I mean, come on. You know, like, I mean... I definitely cried at a few. Exactly. That's great writing. It's so good. Yes. So so that that's, that's, that's what's crazy, is that 
it really is this entertainment issue. Okay, so even you, so I gave, I, I brought up examples, and even you are, you can see where there's fuck-ups, and it's where it's really bad, you know, in the entertainment industry. It's very clearly, it is Hollywood. There is something wrong in specifically, not the entertainment industry, I mean, yes, it, it's leaked out into the entertainment industry as a whole, but there's something wrong in the industry, in, in Hollywood itself, because whoever the fuck, and we know the names, but whoever the fuck is writing Star Trek Continues knows how to write great shit and knows how to do great television, you know, and including 45-minute, 50-minute television and episodic television, that. So, again, it's not like it's not possible anymore. And these are stories that are fairly original. I mean, they're good. You know, it's not like it's not possible to do that. It's just that Hollywood refuses to. Like, they refuse to do that kind of that kind of television or that kind of entertainment anymore. I, 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 what do you think about what I'm saying? Well, I think there's really one word that can resolve this mystery of okay. what, what is happening to the entertainment industry. So you're referring to it as an industry. Yeah. If you were to look at any other industry, you know what they would call this? Manufacturing. Yeah, oh, uh, what, Entertainment yeah. manufacturing. Yes. That's right. what's happening. Which now. I, I, yeah, I kind of brought that up last week too, that quote about, uh, you know, corporations exist to manufacture, not to create, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're hitting at it. Yeah, keep going. Well, that's just it. I feel like you've said it a hundred times, or at least you've said it to me. I don't know if you said <laughs> it to your listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, shows now are really made to get people addicted and to keep people coming back and um, to appeal to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. So, like, all of those things together, once you get the formula, which will get ma the majority of people addicted... Um, then that's it. You just have to follow the formula. It doesn't really matter what the story's about as long as you have your hooks in place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to ask you on this. So this is something that, that Rob and I talked about on, on TIE Fighter Renegades. And basically there was a person that made a comment. He was talking about like Gen Xer uh, creators. And and I know you don't, you, like you're not so into the names of all these guys like J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson or anything like that. And, and honestly, I think that's great because I wish I didn't know these people's names uh, because, you know, as soon as I hear them, I get these terrible images of uh, uh, violent acts. No, I'm kidding. Not, 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 not violent acts, but uh, like, what have you done? <laughs> but, um, but a point that somebody brought up in reference to these guys, as compared to names you do know, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Ridley Scott, and so on. His point was, is that the previous generation that like made a lot of these franchises, like Gene Roddenberry and others, they lived entire lives before they ever put pen to paper, you know, and, or like before they ever made a TV show or a movie. And they draw from these lives that they lived these these actual the shit that they actually did in real life real experiences right and that's what makes their movies so engrossing because it feels so real even if it's in fantastical settings like star wars right and the guy's point was is that the the people making these movies now they only grew up watching those movies, know how those movies made them feel and so now they their art form is just going after those those beats those those feels not that they actually lived it all 
all they've done is just watch movies. They've never actually done any of this shit for real. And so they're just remixing everything from people that actually lived. I mean, how do you feel about that? Well, I don't know. See, we've talked about this before. I don't think you can make that sweeping generalization. Like, uh-huh. there's no one that's ever just only watched movies. I'm sure they've had life experiences, too, that influence their art form. But mm-hmm. as far as, like, I think there is some truth in what you're saying in that they're going after a certain beat or sort of like replication of a feeling or a sense or yeah. like a, a mood that a certain uh, film may be created. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there there is a certain, I guess it's more prevalent now for people to mimic the content that they grew up with because it's um, nostalgic or something to them. Yeah, I mean, you know, for example... Like we, we've been rewatching the prequels of Star Wars, getting ready for Rise of Skywalker. And, I mean, the pod racer scene in episode one is so intense. It's fun. It's yeah. so fun to watch. It's fantastic. Now, how, how and, and most people that even hate episode one are like, yeah, the pod racing scene was great. And how did that happen? Well, that happened because George fucking Lucas used to be, you know, in Modesto, California, was obsessed with, he raced. He literally raced, you know, he's obsessed with like, uh, you know, souping up his car and everything. I mean, that was his, that was his passion. Yeah, that sounds fun. Right. <laughs> I mean, he was, in fact, I think he's even told stories where like he almost lost his life or something, you know, doing it and everything. So he's putting on the screen something he is intimately, uh, has intimately experienced. And I think that's what makes that scene work so damn well. And, and I, yeah, I worry. I mean, th- this, this kind of speaks to my concern. Of where, you know, I'm, I'm scared to death that 40 years from now, you're going to have, you know, your, your people in the, in the nursing homes or whatever who are going to be like, oh, in that time on Facebook, remember when I made that great comment on Twitter? Boy, that I, I really got his jollies, didn't I? You know, and like, I mean, you know, just like that's that's what people are going to say that they did. I did this great. I, I, I made this viral tweet and they're going to talk about that like that was some kind of epic fucking shit. And I, I think it kind of speaks to that. And I think. I, I don't know. I, I feel like there, there, there's something all there. Um, but I don't know if I want to go to conclusion on that. But I mean, but so anyway, what, what other thoughts do you have on this? Do, anything you want to want to add in? Well, I guess I guess it's very true that what you're saying about how real experience can inform your creation as mm-hmm. far as like, you know, if you're making a movie or whatnot. Yeah. Um, because when you're actually doing something, there are little details that you pick up on that you never would get just from, like, watching a film of someone doing it. Right. Um, and that can just... That can make the difference. Uh, like, we were watching Ancient Aliens recently, <laughs> and they have this really great cutaway scene where, like, they're talking about scientists, so they put on this scene. It's, like, equations, but... It's supposed to be like sciency and really intelligent, but it's like a triangle with the <laughs> Pythagorean theorem and the word science. And I'm like, it would be so much more impressive if they just put the actual equations that they're talking about. But these people don't know. They None don't know of those idiots have any idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, if anybody really did know, they could make it incredible they could like step up the experience of watching or consuming their media just by having that real experience yeah it could be genuinely perhaps educational yeah yeah even though the episode that 
I think, or no, was that the Einstein episode? That, that yeah, we okay, yeah, that's the right. one. I was that really one wasn't as that was kind of meh. Like again, Ancient Aliens is very hit or miss. A lot of misses. Yeah, that one wasn't necessarily about aliens so much as it was about some alternative realm. But... Right. Yeah, the Akashic Record and all <laughs> right, that, which right. whatever. But yeah, I mean, you raise a great point, and. And actually, we, we talked about this afterwards, and I even said that I'm just waiting for like somebody to email me or whatever who hears these conversations and just says, Brian, you don't understand. None of this was meant for you. This was meant this was meant for the muggles. This was meant for the Muprons. Okay, like, like you 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 were never supposed to get into Star Wars, Brian. You were never supposed to watch wrestling. You were never supposed to listen to this. You were never supposed to do this. This wasn't for you. You were supposed to. I don't know. You know. You're I, supposed to be making this content. Well, well, that's ironically that's where it all comes down to is that just like you know what you you got to make it yourself. If you want something that's genuine, you got to make it yourself. And you keep pushing me. <laughs> I'm a pusher, Brian. I'm a pusher. <laughs> you know, well, you're. Get to work. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, we're working on things, folks. Just put it that way. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I think this is a great point to bring up. That you know, of like what's going on. That this comment uh, that um, that the listener posited, you know. Um, about we're never catching, like we're never catching the prey, you know, and and there's there's just a fatigue that that comes from that, um, and that that maybe because there just is so much, yeah, we just we get burnt out on it, and we're just done with it. Maybe even if it is good, we get burnt out on it because we never get to really catch it, we never get to sit on it and really appreciate it and enjoy it as it is. Um, yeah, that's you know really the taking the time to think about it and just sit with it and and chew on it and let your mind process all of it. Like that's really what can save you from the fatigue. You know, if, if I can think of it, I'll put it in the show notes and I won't, we'll, we'll end it. We'll end this part with this. We got another question to get into. Um, there is a video you can, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube and I can't believe I'm going to recommend this guy, but you know, brilliance is brilliance. Um, Fulton Sheen, who was a Catholic Bishop, I want to say, uh, he used to have a TV show back, I mean, we're talking 50 years ago. And Fulton Sheen, he has this video where he's talking about that, how to how to take in, you know, like what you read and what you view and what you see and everything. And he specifically talks about that. He says, you have to take time. And he even uses the phrases, you have to chew. Like, And he compares it to food, where you have to enjoy the food, you know. And he's so dead on in what he's saying. Um, of course, I guess maybe he felt like he... I was going to say, if Catholics actually took the time to do that, maybe they wouldn't be Catholics anymore, but that's, uh, uh, anyway, people have known this for a long time. It's not just a modern thing. You've always needed to take the time and chew and sit on what's going on. Uh, and I think that's a good takeaway to, to, to run with this, catch the prey, you know, and, and, and actually enjoy it. Yeah. And really be, um, purposeful in what media you decide to consume Yeah, because that can really take up so much of your time saying like, I'm going to commit to watching this whole series, but if the series isn't that good, do you really want to be sinking all of your time into that when you could be spending it in some more purposeful way? Right. Right. So, I mean, you really do have to pick and choose because even if 
even if people stopped making content today, there's still so much in existence already that you could never consume it in a full lifetime. No, you, in a hundred years, you couldn't read every book that's even good. Uh, like, I yeah. mean, it's, it's impossible, you know, uh, I mean, that's, that, you know, that's part of the reason why I go to the next book. It's not because I need to be distracted. It's not about distraction at all. It's, I just want to know. I have to know, you know, I love and that. It, I love it, that about you. Well, thank you, love. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but that's, that's where it comes from for me. But for most people, I don't think it's that. I mean, sadly, I think for a lot of people, it is about distraction. It is about, oh, I don't want to think about, you know, I don't know how shitty their life is or something. Um, but for me, I just constantly know I need to know more. I need to, I need to piece this together. I have to know how the universe works. And that's true in nonfiction and fictional ones as well. So anyway, um, you're the same way. So yeah, I know I you are. The you, same way. Yeah. We both have that incredible drive of just curiosity. To know. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, let's not talk about curiosity and cats and then, but, uh, <laughs> so well, let's go on to the next question, shall sure, we? Um, sure. This is one uh, also coming from a great, great listener. Uh, and this has to do with, uh, well, let's just say it, with hookup culture. So I'm, I'm intrigued to hear what you certainly have to say about this, Ellen. Uh, and, and I have uh, things to say as well. Um, in fact, some people might be surprised at, w- at what comes up. But let's uh, let me read the question here. Stallion, am I a fucking snob for not being into the hookup scene? And kind of just like to get to know folks first. I feel like a snob sometimes, but I don't know how else to behave. Hookup culture is vapid and unsatisfactory, and I don't like who is usually a part of that scene. Um, there's a little more to that, but uh, well, anyway, well, I'll read it because I, I asked the person. So okay, so like, what you know, is there something specific going on here? I also asked to make sure I could talk about it or you know talk about this this more broadly on the show. Um, and so the, the second part was, you know, as far as like more of the specifics of what's happening, um, I tried hooking up with a friend and without a real romantic interest in the mix, I found the experience unfulfilling. Um, and this is somebody in their late thirties. So that's, that's something to, to keep in mind as well. Um, but so hookup culture, do you agree, Ellen, with the listener's assessment that it is, uh, vapid? and unsatisfactory or do you want me to go first i can go first if you want. um well i want to address his first question okay <laughs> is he a fucking snub yeah <laughs> um maybe so <laughs> but i don't think that's a bad thing yeah you know i i agree that hookup culture is vapid and it's unsatisfactory those are really great words to describe it um and i don't think it is wrong to have standards about who you want to allow in that intimate part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's wrong to want to get to know people before you entrust them with, uh, well, let's just say it, being naked with them. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's how I feel about it. I, I think um, what the listener said is, is really true. Um, like, I've been... I don't judge people negatively for taking part in hookup culture. Um, Like, it's totally understandable if people want um, to have sexual relationships without the commitment because they're at a certain time in their life where they feel they can't commit. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe there's there's someone that they think is cute and they want to sleep with, but they 
they can't stay at like in a relationship with that person for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe people just want to be alone. That's fine too. Yeah. Um, but everybody still has a need for like a certain amount of human contact. Um, but it's not a long-term solution. I agree with that. I don't think it's something that you could really find the satisfaction of like love and connection if you're if you're living that sort of lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, I think what you said, because, you know, when I responded to this person, um, and I'm actually going to, you know, I, I plan on having a deeper conversation with them about this as well. Um, but I had said, no, you're not a snob. But, no, I think you're on, Ellen, like on the idea. No, no, we, we should be snobs <laughs> about who the fuck, you know, not not even who we fuck. But like we should be snobs about who we let into our lives. I mean, we should be really, 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 really snobbish. Oh, and, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so being a snob by not accepting hook, hookup culture, being a snob about not being superficial, fucking right. Be a snob. Uh, and so I like that. I like I like what you said on that. And that's yeah. really how I should have responded. So if you are, you know, in this case, it's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely reason. And like, I've even had experiences lately that have uh, related this point more to me, but like, you only have one life, and you oh, need yeah. to be careful with who you trust it with. Yeah, no, folks, this thing called life, this this isn't a dress rehearsal. Uh, <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, it is one shot, you know? Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, and this is something about, you know, kind of about being a snob. This is this is something that, that I have brought up on previous Q&As, actually, when talking about you, Ellen. Where, you know, I've described you as a, as a game changer. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Which is someone like, well, it's a fact, you know, in, in the, in the, the, the. You're my game changer. Well, yeah, I I think we both game changed (laughs) our lives. Um, But I think we go through our lives thinking that. You know, we know, and I want to say from fairly young ages, okay, uh, post-puberty, but, you you know, anyway, we know when when we start wanting to have relationships, you know, say as teenagers, I think we have a pretty good idea of of who we want, what kind of person we want to be with. Ideally, yeah. Ideally, exactly. Everybody has an ideal partner. Yes, yeah, and I I think that, that that concept starts to form, like, say, around then or whatever. Unfortunately... Society is such a shithole that we, that and certainly school is, but society in, at large is such a shithole that we, we get beaten down to accept less. You know, we, we think that we can't have perfect. Or we get told that the perfect person just doesn't exist. You know, or, or we, we get led to believe that. We get beaten into believing that. And that is so unfortunate. You know that 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 occurs, and I think we end up not becoming we snobs, because we're just like, well, but this is just the best that I can get, and I just, you know, I'm just gonna deal with it. You know, you get awfully close, and this is pretty close. Um, but you specifically, like, you you really were like i mean i can think of so many things that i just didn't think were possible to exist in a 
another human being, in that other person. And you are that. And so, in the past, like, I have felt that, like, with hookup culture, okay, I get it. One person just can't be, like, they, they can't check all the marks. That's what we're told a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. And and I understand that, and I've been, you know, supportive. And, and look, folks, if, you, you know, people want to be polyamorous, fine, go for it. Like, I don't care. Okay. I get it. All right. And I understand. And I think a lot of hookup culture, I mean, there's there's never just one reason. But one of the reasons for I think the hookup culture exists is because there's just something that you're missing, maybe from the person that you are with or that or, you know, that one person just can never fulfill or things like this. And so I in the past, I've been support fairly supportive of hookup culture, like fine, whatever. I mean, even people that I was with, okay, yeah, you want to go, you know, stoop this guy, guy, gal, whatever, you know, okay, fine, go for it. Um, and myself, I mean, I've talked about this in the past on the show where, you know, I mean, I've, I've taken part in full on, I mean, at like conventions back in the day, I've taken part in crazy, you know, to, to, to quote a, an old photographer friend, friend of mine, it was literally Sodom and Gomorrah, you understand? It was Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, and, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so I get it. Like, you know, and I, and I would have said, if you asked me four or five years ago, I probably would have given you a completely different answer than what I am now. But no, I, I, I completely agree now with the listener that, yeah, I think culture is vapid, unsatisfactory. It is superficial. It cannot possibly, like, because there's so much more to, and, and, and correct, and tell me if you feel differently, Ellen. There's so much more to sex than coming, you know? Like, I, I, I mean, like, there's, there's so much going on. There's the mental stimuli. There's the, I mean, the physical, the auditory, the, the visual, the, the, you know, the, the, the mental, uh, I don't want to say game, but the mental play, the, I mean, there's so much going on. Like, it's so much more than just coming, right? I, I, or, I, well, I mean, tell me if I'm right. Yeah, I mean, I've, I definitely agree with the quote that um, the largest sex organ is between your ears. Ah, ooh, <laughs> good one. Oh, I like that. Yeah, right on. Yeah, um, and just to speak to more to what you were saying, um, I think hookup culture, like, I've had a lot of friends who are into the hookup scene and mm-hmm. polyamory, and they've said the same thing that you've said over and over again. Like, you'll never find the perfect person. Nobody can be everything to one, everything to one person. But maybe several people can meet all of your needs at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, so just having these relationships with people like that. I mean, friendships, not like I wasn't part of that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I just I get the sense that hookup culture and... I, I also attend a local university. Like, I interact with tons of people between the ages of, like, 19 and 23. Yeah. And that's pretty much all hookup culture. Um, yeah. And I just feel like it's composed of people who have kind of, like, at least for the time being, given up hope that they will be able to find someone who is really good for them. Yeah. Um, And they're just taking what they can get. Yeah. Because... Why have higher expectations? Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I just think that hookup culture is really—it's—it's kind—it feels kind of hopeless, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I'm really glad that I'm not part of that. <laughs> and I'm glad that I found you, Brian, because you are everything that I've ever wanted in a partner. Um, even things that I didn't know that I needed. <laughs> and like to speak to what you were saying about you know, there being more to sex than just having orgasms. That's totally true. I mean, like, just having an orgasm with someone, that can be, like, weird and awkward if mm -hmm. you don't have a connection with them. Yeah. Like, it's just uncomfortable, and it does feel really empty. Yeah. Um, but it can be so fulfilling and so much fun if you're with someone who you're actually in love with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and... Do you, do you have more you want to go on with that? Oh, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, ironically, I don't think, I think people want to say that social media has helped out with this, where now you can find, like, that maybe that more perfect person and you can spend time with them more online and everything. But I think everyone online is a liar. Like, I, I ever, you know, like these people on Instagram, nobody's living those lives. Nobody. And if they are, then... Every moment that isn't a picture is just a moment of quiet desperation, you know, that, that where they're like, like, I, I imagine some of like these Instagram models. And I think whenever they're not in a photo shoot, they're just off in the corner, like, like holding their knees and just maybe crying or something. I mean, cause it's like, here's the thing. If you're actually like living and I've said this before on the show, if you're actually living, like you don't even have time for social media and why would you even like, like, do you even reach out, you know, so much if you've got your needs met, you know, right at home? It, it, I, I think it speaks to, it's not, it's no way a cure. It's not even a Band-Aid. It speaks to the problem and, and it, it just exacerbates it even more. Um, and it really, because also it just keeps creating these where uh, you think you found the perfect person, then you find out that they're not, and then that just reinforces the idea that you can never have the perfect person in your life. And that's so that's so tragic. Um, and then, you know, then you probably go to where... I mean, because this isn't true of all polyamory, but I think polyamory, where people are actually having a really healthy relationship, is beyond rare. Like, that, that that's not even... Rare isn't even a word to begin to describe it. And if you even read the books about polyamory... Uh, which is you could maybe consider like a more serious version perhaps of hookup culture to some degree. If you even like read the books about it, like they keep talking about how this is so challenging. This is so challenging. And I don't disagree. As somebody who's been in polyamorous relationships, I know. Okay. Um, but, it, and that's the, that's the thing though, is that it really is so hard. And that's why part of why it is so rare to do it. But I think that for a lot of people, the reason that they get into polyamory or like hookup culture or whatever is because the people around them, they themselves are so vapid that you have to put 10 of them together to have something that even resembles one healthy human being. And I just judged people in hookup culture, but there we go. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I, I just, I, I can't get behind it. I can't get behind it. I mean, I, I want to say to myself that, you know, back in like the late 90s and early aughts, you know, like going to the science fiction conventions and everything. I mean, look, we were a bunch of nerds and dorks. We didn't get to touch fucking anybody. And so, like, I could say that, oh, the reason why there's crazy orgies at Dragon Con is because, holy shit, there's people who understand us. Let's go. You know, and, and you're just all over each other. You know, you didn't like being at that, knowing the registry number for the USS Reliant was enough, you know, to say that I love you. 
You know, <laughs> like that was enough at the time, but that's not true anymore. Now every every idiot knows this stuff for whatever reason because they're distracting themselves from their own pathetic lives. To, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I got to slow down. I'm sorry, Elle. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> you know, it's not enough. But now at the same time. We have access to so much information. We can grow to be such amazing people. And and again, like you you are listener who asked this question. You are a snob, like Ellen said, in the best way. The best way. And you just keep being that snob. Be a snob. And you know, I know. <laughs> and I know. I know you're alone. But let me assure you, okay, that it is it is better than the. I would rather be alone than 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 be with anything less than perfection. And I I mean I just and maybe that's not true for everybody. Um, well, can I just relate to that? Please, yeah. Before I started dating you, Brian, I was yeah. alone for a long time, because I was fed up with being with people that weren't perfect. Yeah, you were. I can I can vouch for this. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I'm so glad that I met you. But I understand that, like, we are very fortunate to have even yeah. known each other and yeah. have been available at relatively the same period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, a scenario that I don't think a lot of people can ever really say that they've been in. Or maybe they have and they just didn't take advantage of it because it's it's really scary. Yeah. Um and sometimes it's hard to be alone and to acknowledge like, no, I'm just, I'm not going to touch anyone <laughs> until yeah. I find the right person. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think that it, it can be really like sometimes seem like an even insurmountable challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're willing to go through it, I think it pays off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and take the time to bring yourself to that next level, you know? Like, and I'm not necessarily, I mean, to some degree I'm speaking to the listener, but, you know, this person, I have had these conversations before, so I can't really add anything on that. Um, but, I mean, to others who are listening to this that maybe are thinking about it, like, really, take the time to be, like, the best possible fucking human being that you can be. And believe me, being the best possible human being you can be has nothing to do with, uh, you know, whether or not you look like Patrick Swayze in the face, okay, or if you have a shit ton of money or whatever, you don't need any of that to be a phenomenal human being, you know, and, and to find, I think, to attract, uh, the love of your life, you know, and, and not have to deal with hookup culture ever again. Yeah. I think if you're just following your passions, you'll naturally find the person that is drawn to the same things that you are. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally support that statement. And, and it's hard. Admittedly, it's hard today. And we've t- I've talked about this over the years many times as well, but it's hard today because, you know, if you're an atheist, you're not going to church, right? Or whatever you happen to be. You're, if you're not Christian or whatever, you're not going to church. Uh, the gym, eh, it's kind of a place, but kind kind of not. Uh, you sure as fuck don't want to meet them at the bar. That's, that's hookup culture central. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and you don't even, you don't know that the next morning you're even looking at uh, what you thought you were looking at the night before. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so these are terrible ideas, you know, of like, where do you even go, you know, necessarily to, to, to meet people? And, and I, I mean, I, I recognize that that's a challenge. 
so and I don't have like the best answer for that um, you know of, of how to how to resolve that you know um, but I another part of this that I want to get into before I know we're, we're going long on this episode um, but another part that I want to get into this is that I think some people who are pro hookup culture would bring up okay yeah but I we, you know humans have a need for novelty which they do, which they do. I, I think that's fully accurate and uh, you know, maybe you want some kind of sexual novelty and you just need that, you know? And I think sexual novelty just is, is, is a real thing. However. Totally. Yeah, yeah. However, I think, I don't think you need other people necessarily to have some kind of sexual novelty, right? You just need to be creative. Yeah, you do, right. You, the, the two of you or whoever, you know, just need to be creative. And I think you can have all kinds of novelty, you know, and, and do all kinds of wild stuff, stuff that you'll never forget and that you'll probably masturbate to over and over again for the rest of your life. I mean, uh, <laughs> just saying, but I, I mean, how do you feel about that? Like, like the, or do you have a response if somebody says, yeah, but what about sexual novelty? And that's why I'm into hookup culture. Like, Well, then I have to wonder, like, is it really sexual novelty there? Because ha- I don't think you can have sexual novelty in hookup culture. Not truly. Uh-huh. What you can have is novelty, like a different face, a different body type, a different yeah. feel. Yeah. But it's not really novelty because it's the same thing over and over again. Unless you're like experimenting with a bunch of different people. But I don't, I don't hear people doing that very much. Mm-hmm. Um I think the really crazy, kinky, creative sex happens when you're with someone for long enough that you can reveal to them your innermost desires. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, like, that de- that requires a degree of trust and fearlessness and, you know, willingness to share these things about you that might be, like, really kind of scary to talk about. To, to the average person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that you certainly wouldn't just, and rightfully so, wouldn't just say out in public because, I mean, you know, why would you subject everybody to your fetishes? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, if you can just be like honest with yourself and with your partner, um, that's where the real novelty happens, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, what Ellen's dancing around here is that I have the craziest fucking fantasies in the world. <laughs> 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 you write about them too i do yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see i get to sneak them in i don't beat anybody over the head in culture with them but i just anyway <laughs> uh, brian actually wrote a whole book about sexual fantasies <laughs> this is true yeah. <laughs> yes i am uh oh um <laughs> you can yeah. buy it too <laughs> yeah you can you can buy it you can buy one of them and well anyway who knows? <laughs> uh, Ah, it's so bad. <laughs> but you see, that's the thing. Like, like, be creative. And, I mean, we have, you and I, 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 I well, if you don't mind me saying, I mean, we, <laughs> I don't we, have, mind. we have all the novelty in the universe. I mean, we're, you know, <laughs> we're going for a little walk. Uh, I, I might be a little specific. Go ahead. All Go right. Ahead. Uh <laughs> I mean, we were just going for for a little walk around town, you know, um, and <laughs> you know, just enjoying the, the 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 you know the fall leaves and everything, and oh, the boats or you know stuff going by and whatever, and 
you know, the next thing I know, we're just kind of you know, rubbing on each other, or whatever. And there's a tree that you were able to to, to to hold on to, and you know, pants go down, and, and away we go. And fortunately, we were done before uh, a, a gackle of people uh, started approaching from the woods. And <laughs> I, I, you know, but I, but see, okay, so that's the other part too. There's the creativity, but for creativity to really flourish, you have to have a fearlessness. Fearlessness can only come from trust that you have with another person. Um, or I guess it could come from a complete lack of care, but then that's a superficiality that comes with hookup culture. So, but that that's what I'm saying is that like you really want to have that that great relationship where you really trust each other all the way. You know, lives on the line all the way, because then you can you can really express a lot of this novelty. You know, or fuck after uh, what after the White Snake show, we're just going for a walk on the beach. Nice little walk on the beach, yeah. and then we 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 were walking so far, and suddenly we look around, and we're like, oh, there's nobody else on the beach right now. <laughs> you know, and and then uh, shirts down, and then uh, I mean, we're not saying that we committed any crimes or anything like that. Because right. we, we obey all laws in all jurisdictions at all times. Yes, of course we do. Right. Yeah, not not saying our clothes were... Uh, yeah, right. That, that's illegal. <laughs> so but. anyway... <laughs> but... Uh, uh, <laughs> point being, you can have all the novelty you could possibly imagine. I mean, you could even hell if you want, you know, you could role play pretend you're even other people or some shit i mean just just go go crazy you know uh you do not have to engage in hookup culture to satisfy sexual novelty i think that's that's the moral of the story here yeah and you don't even have to partake in hookup culture you can be a snob all you want wait for the perfect person i think yeah. that's the right move and i know it's like easy for me to say because i have that now <laughs> <laughs> oh, as do i but like, but um I mean, like, I, I've been through hookup culture, and I know you have, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just a never-ending road of dissatisfaction and disappointment and not really getting what you need. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you could either stop and start working on yourself and, you know, trying to find that perfect person or just continue the cycle. Yeah, yeah. I, again, I don't think, you know, if the idea is, is to have great sex... Like if that is the goal, which I would assume it is the goal, you are you cannot have that truly mind blowing, mind altering sex unless you're with somebody that you can share, you know, as they say, the deep darks, you know, with, you know, that, that you unless you're with somebody that you can share. And I don't mean dark necessarily. It's like that. Um, I just, just mean hidden. like, yeah, the stuff that's like deep down. I don't I don't think you can really have that until, you you know, you. You can express those things. And I get you. It takes special people to be able to do that. But boy, is the juice worth the squeeze on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else to add to this one, Ellen? Well, I don't want to keep your show going for longer than it has to. I mean, it's totally my fault that it's been going on for an hour and a half already. Oh, heavens, people are going to love this. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, of course they are. They, 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 they love when you're on. And I think we had a great conversation and, uh, and gave some, some things for, for people to check out. Um, I'm going to, I got to do a quick album of the week here. Actually, Ellen, if you want to think about one for a second, you want to toss one in, you feel free. Um, but for my, uh, for my album of the week, I don't think this is one that I did. It came out early October. Uh, it is Michael Sweets 
album called 10 which michael sweet is the lead singer of striper uh yeah i know that's a christian band but guess what just like i can enjoy sabaton i can also enjoy a band that's christian because great rock and roll is great rock and roll god damn it and they've got it uh, but michael sweet has done uh, some solo efforts over the years i've enjoyed many of them not all but uh, 10 is one of those albums that i really did enjoy it sure as fuck better than that new airboard album what a wow that's a turd flying across the room. Uh, <laughs> so bad. I can't believe that new air. It's Bone Shaker. The new Airborne album is terrible. And and they were one of those new bands that I was like, fuck, these guys are so good. Uh, but no, no, that was that was that was very very bad. Uh, anyway, but check out Michael Sweet's Ten. I had a really good time listening to that album. Uh, Ellen, you know when we go to the gym together. Actually, we're gonna go to the gym here in a minute. Uh, <laughs> when we go to the gym together. Um, you know, you're always popping on some kind of album, maybe something I toss up on Plex or whatever, or, I don't know, you've introduced me to some interesting music. What do you What do you got? You got an album of the week? Something, even if I've already covered it before, go for it. I, I don't have an album of the week. I'm sorry. I was totally unprepared for this question. That's okay. That's okay. What, what, what do you think people should listen to? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell them what you're listening to. Oh, you're not? Well, I mean, I can. <laughs> I, I know what you're listening to most of the time. I'm listening mostly to, like, MK Ultra programming music. I was going to say it, but you said it. That's so great. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, how about this? How about this? So, and of course, she's referencing Britney Spears, Rihanna, and... <laughs> Uh, well, your last time you were on, your pick was Madonna's new album, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Madonna's new album, she's... I don't know. Like, she sings songs about Illuminati, but she's so honest and forthright about what yeah. she thinks and believes that yeah, I yeah. think she's totally separated from that whole scene. Like, the Hollywood, California yeah, like, right, right. She's music a, industry. She's the high priestess on the other level there or something. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, here, how about this? So, you actually... Was it Hard Candy? Was that that album? Yeah. I thought another flying turd i thought I, I thought that this album was so much shit when i listened to it years ago and it's got to be a decade old now almost this is the album of madonna's that has four minutes on it with justin timberlake it's a horrendous song in my opinion but you listen to it anyway and you're like brian no you got to listen to this again you you you're, you're you're missing out here you know and you thought it was a pretty good album okay so hard candy by madonna starts out really terribly like, I think the opening track... I'm pretty sure it's the opening track. Uh-huh. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't even have words for how terrible I think it is. It's sure. a song about a candy shop. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the album... And so I think the reason that you don't like the Justin Timberlake song is because you totally took Britney's side in the whole Justin Timberlake-Britney Spears <sighs> debate. This is how well you know me. <laughs> You do this. So I, I've talked about this. It's called Ellen's Sword, where she finds <laughs> she finds the, the the hole in the armor, and just runs the biggest halberd that you can imagine, you know, or like a, like a, a what are the big Scottish swords? The claymore. She'll run a claymore right through, right through it, and and like you're just you know you're just left on the floor like holy shit, she got me, and <laughs> so so you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, that's it. I, as I I took Britney's side in that whole breakup, and I'll always take free Britney, folks. Anyway. So, okay. All right. So you think Justin Timberlake's an asshole? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... Therefore, you, know, you can't like any of his music. All right. Yeah. Nah, I like some in sync. 
Like, okay. It's Gonna Be Me. That's a great song. Fucking right. That's a great one to listen to to be a snob in hookup culture. It's Gonna Be Me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just like, yeah, when it's all said and done, I'm gonna be the, the man standing tall. No. <laughs> no. Um, well, anyway, that song, Four Minutes, that was a big hit. I know it was. And I, but I don't understand why. But Well, I... So I don't think the Justin Timberlake part of the album is that bad. Um, but the all the rest of the songs on the album, I thought they were fun. Like the song Give It To Me, that's my favorite on the whole mm. disc. I like um, the sound of that. All right. Yeah, I've told yeah. you about this yeah, before. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. No, no, I like this. Okay. All right. Give it to me. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's great workout music. Yeah, the other thing with Timberlake, quick, Alpha Dog. Oh, God. That movie Alpha Dog. <laughs> I, saw, I totally I to, forgot about that. I had to that. watch that horse shit. <laughs> and and, and I, I, I mean, I remember, like, for a solid two months after watching that, um, I solely wore Depends. <laughs> I wore what? Depends the whole time because, like, I just kept shitting myself. I'm like, what did, <laughs> what did I watch? What is this? You know, this is, this is horrible. And, but people pass that off as entertainment. But anyway, okay, no. <laughs> so, all right, so, I so this even I seen that movie. That's okay. <laughs> you saw the trailer, and it says enough. The trailer uh, sucked, yeah. Yeah, so it, but the movie's worse. So, uh, yeah, all right. But I trust you on this that this album might actually be phenomenal. I think minus there a couple songs, some salvageable songs on that album. I like the song. I like the sound to give it to me. That's good. All right, all right. Well, there you go. So you can recheck out Hard Candy by Madonna, and you can check out uh, the complete opposite end of that spectrum, that being Michael Sweet with 10. Uh, both uh, both might be both winners here, but ignore that Airborne album. Horrible. Um, okay, so I guess we'll wrap this baby up. And, Let's wrap it up. Uh, yeah, whew, uh, get out the tinfoil. Ellen, uh, <laughs> <laughs> th- thank you, as always, for being on. Um, thank you for so graciously hosting me. Yeah, no, I, I thought you had a, a, a lot to lot to add in. Thank um, you. And, and you, you were, I, I like having you on, too, because you're a little kinder. and, and uh, Not so much anymore. I no, think, you're I right. I think you're kind of taking the kindness out of me. Yeah. Like, I used to be more generous with my movie reviews. Yeah. Like, I would have given Star Trek Discovery a rating of, like, five. Yeah. But because of the conversations we've had, I went all the way down to two. Yeah, you instantly went to two. I'm losing my generosity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and there was that guy that, I mean, you just tore right into him. And I was like, wow, I'm so proud of her. No, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You used to be so nice, Ellen. <laughs> I'm so sweet. <laughs> oh, we can't end this with that kind of BS. That's <laughs> yeah, it's a total lie. Uh, anyway, thank you for being on, and uh, we'll wrap up this Q and A, which didn't come out on Wednesday, but whatever. Anyway, we'll get the schedule picked back up uh, since uh, well, my schedule will. Well, anyway, whatever. You don't you don't care. You just want the audio. You got the audio. Here you go. I will see all of you. Woo! On the other side.